Happy Monday, everyone. Welcome back to the Fresh Validation Podcast. It's just hope today. Um, Alina's not with me, but that's okay because we are going to get nice and granular about some questions that actually you all have asked me. I'm going to run through five because not going to lie, I get kind of in depth with it, but I feel like it's just necessary to understand the scope of the questions that you asked me. Um, I want to also insert a trigger warning here because this is going to be just a lot of talking about eating disorder treatment and eating disorders. Um, Kind of in general, I do kind of run through some of my tendencies and behaviors and patterns while I was going through my hard times. And so, just if if you're struggling and you really you think that maybe your head's in the wrong place to be listening to things like that and that I don't know like you'll just run with it in the wrong ways probably don't listen to this one but I just thought that it would be interesting to talk to you guys about or just ask you like what you care about and what you want to know um if you're struggling with anything if you have questions for me about my struggles and what I've been through so let's get right into it without further ado The first question that I got and I'm going to answer is, were you scared of treatment? I was terrified of treatment. Treatment meant giving up all the rigid rules and behaviors I had acquired over time. And, you know, I wouldn't be able to eat my popcorn and peanut butter at night. I wouldn't be able to restrict food. And perhaps the biggest scare for me was that I wouldn't have access to a gym. I couldn't work out. And I always knew that there would be a structured way of eating throughout the day when I went to treatment and I had no idea what it looked like or what I would be eating. And so that just really scared the heck out of me. I felt like I was losing a whole lot of freedom and in your normal sense, I was. But what's ironic is at that point, I was so wrapped up in the rigidity and obsession of my eating disorder that I really had no freedom whatsoever. I had stopped going out with my friends. I was going to the gym twice a day at times. I brought my own safe foods to fun events, um, which I'll actually explain safe foods versus fear foods later on, by the way. So stay tuned. But um, I just, I did so many things that actually stripped me of any real feeling of freedom. But I also knew somewhere in the back of my head that treatment was choosing life. It Treatment meant hope. I would be able to just live again without counting calories in my head all day, all the time, or having an anxiety attack about missing a workout or daydreaming about the foods I would never let myself have. I don't think I had cereal for an entire year, which is insanely sad because if you ask any of my family members, I always ate cereal before my eating disorder developed. And thank gosh for treatment and recovery because now I eat it again. So yeah, treatment just meant starting to undo and unlearn the damage that had been done. I wanted to get rid of my eating disorder. She's a toxic friend that nobody wants but can't seem to let go of. And I mean, another huge thing that happened or that helped me, I guess, is a strong support system. I wouldn't be where I am now without God in my family. Um, It's especially helpful to have my sister Zoe right in my corner, someone who had actually gone through an eating disorder before me. She is such a light in my life and she understands everything I'm feeling because she's been through it too. Whereas for others, it might be confusing. And just a great support system is so important and mine definitely made recovery easier. 
Okay, this person said, I went through a bad breakup and lost a significant amount of weight due to stress and grief. I've slowly gotten over it, but haven't gained the weight back fully and am a bit self-conscious. What are some healthy methods for gaining weight and muscle back? Okay, first off, I think it's really important to acknowledge some underlying messages here. No matter what body size, people still struggle, and that's so valid. I see so many people angry at women who say they struggle with not being able to gain weight easily, and then their critics say things like, you're really going to complain about that? Girl, are you for real? You have skinny privilege, so pipe down. Like, just really crappy things, and that's so hurtful. Like, yes, our society does demonize being fat over being thinner, but that doesn't mean we're out here reversing roles onto thinner people. That gets us nowhere. Secondly, we know that for some, it feels hard to lose weight and they're self-conscious about their body. For some, it feels hard to gain weight and they're still self-conscious about their body. Y'all, let me just say that the grass is not greener on the other side. And disclaimer, this isn't targeted towards the person um, who asked the question specifically, but just towards everyone in society. And now what I mean by the grass isn't greener, it's very clear to me that no matter someone's body size, we are all still sitting here feeling self-conscious about something. And really, I don't blame you because society has really led us to feel like our bodies are the most interesting thing about us. You could focus on gaining weight or you could focus on losing weight, but that will not cure what you think it will. You'll, you'll look different and that may make you feel good, but you might realize that you're still absolutely picking yourself apart in the mirror. Um, and that's because you're placing your worth in something that can change. So when our bodies change or fluctuate, so does our worth. Instead, we need to be taking the focus off of our bodies and not placing our worth in them because this is breeding grounds for disaster. Like we see it time and time again. We need to really just be fixing our gaze on our character, our soul, who we were made to be, the things that don't change about us. You were made perfect. You were called to be here and do great things, not because of the way your body looks, but because of who you are and what amazing things you're capable of. So just hold on to that. And now to answer the question specifically, before I say anything else, I just want to be transparent that I haven't had a personal experience like this one. I wasn't eating because of an eating disorder, not because of stress or grief. And those two situations are super different in terms of the way the brain is wired. So first, I would say keep in the back of your mind the little speech I just gave. Really try not to actively place your worth in your appearance. And I know how hard this can be, but whenever you're having any of those intrusive thoughts, remember who you are. Lean into that for confidence and even talk to somebody you trust. Talk to me. Um, create create an awesome support system of people who can pull you out of that frame of mind that you're stuck in. And secondly, to me, a big rule of thumb is three meals and three snacks a day, which is really just eating regularly throughout the day. Um, this is a simple meal plan I've had to follow as I've learned how to eat again. And just what I mean by that is... Let me explain. <laughs> Intuitive eating happens when our bodies can give us strong hunger and fullness cues, which tells us when to eat and when to stop, and even what we're craving. 
This is really the most natural way of eating and the one I love most because there are no food rules attached. But there is also mechanical eating, something I used a lot when my hunger and fullness cues were all out of whack because I had neglected them for so long. This is essentially what I mean by learning how to eat again. So by sticking to the three meals, three snacks plan, my hunger and fullness cues became stronger over time so that I could begin to rely on them again. And I think this concept of eating consistently during the day can be applied to your situation too. But just please be sure to consult with healthcare professionals because it can be dangerous to eat too much too quickly. Um, And one more thing, please don't try to avoid certain types of foods or even whole food groups, unless, of course, for something like religious purposes or a health condition. Um, But like consuming all kinds of foods ensures you're getting all the vitamins and nutrients that you need. And I'm not totally sure. I'm not sure if you mean you're looking to get into the gym and lifting more when you say gaining muscle back. But um, if this is the case, make sure you're fueling your body correctly. You have, have, have to be eating enough, not only to gain your muscle, but to have safe and energized workouts. Um, Otherwise, your workouts are really just going to be sucky and you're not going to want to be there anymore. So really the gym is going to start feeling like a chore. Um, So definitely, I would suggest focusing on mending your eating structure um, and patterns during the day before gaining muscle. So yeah, hopefully, I hope that answers your question. Um, Let's see. How long did it take you to realize you needed to get treatment? Okay, this is kind of, this is like, an all over the place answer from me because I there wasn't like a specific um, amount of time because I I wouldn't have been able to realize it in the first place because I was in denial. So I'll get into that. But there were about seven months in between the first time I admitted out loud I had an eating disorder to the time that I was admitted into treatment. The reason I say this is because I was in denial about my situation for way longer than anyone else around me. So like my sisters, my parents, and even Elena knew that I really was not okay. Um, After I came to terms with the fact that I had an eating disorder, I thought it might get better simply for the sake of admitting it, but it, it got worse and worse. So over those seven months, I slowly but surely literally worked my way to the verge of insanity because the eating disorder voice was consuming me. And the thing is, I just never thought I was sick enough, which is a common theme among people who struggle with eating disorders. But the thing is, if we waited until we thought we were really sick enough, we probably wouldn't be here anymore. And the important thing to remember is an eating disorder is a mental health disorder. So it doesn't have a look, a shape, a size. So somebody can certainly be sick enough without looking looking it on the outside. And I really didn't think I looked sick enough on the outside for so many reasons. People were consistently telling me I was so healthy and disciplined that, you know, my body was so perfect right then and that they wished they could look like me. So how crazy that I was actually the most tired, drained, insecure, unhappy, 
and unhealthy version of myself at that time. Um, but of course, I wouldn't believe I was sick when everyone was fueling the fire like that, you know, like validating what I was doing without even knowing the impact their words had on me. And this tends to just, this tends to be the case for a lot of people, which is why it's so important to be wary of what you say when it comes to people's appearance. But anyway, I digress. One big way that I actually allowed myself to even entertain the idea I needed help was that I had gotten, I hadn't gotten my period in over a year, like well over, I think. I was genuinely concerned about how it was impacting my fertility for the future um, because it really can do this. And at that time, I also wore my Apple Watch religiously um, just to track calories and workouts, which by the way, I certainly don't condone for people like me. But a lot of the time when I would be sleeping or just sitting down for a while, my Apple Watch would alert me that my heart rate was dangerously low. I know sometimes they're not accurate, but I also knew that every time I went to the doctor and got my blood pressure taken, they would ask me if I was feeling okay or lightheaded because it was so low. I always said no, but like, I mean, I just, I wasn't doing too hot. (laughs) Um, and then I, I then began to notice hair loss and my nails would break all the time, among other things. And this can be quite common in people with eating disorders who are like b- deprived of nutrients. So I think eventually I saw enough of the physical signs to worry me into considering treatment. Um, however, that's not to say that people who are struggling with an eating disorder even experience physical signs like that. They can still be struggling without physical signs. But anyway, I would say the cherry on top though was a very specific day. This is a big trigger warning as I'm going to just be sharing a pretty intense eating disorder moment for me. So just be cautious of that. Now, I had already been seeing a therapist who specialized in eating disorders probably like once every two weeks virtually, but I didn't even really vibe with him and not much at all was changing in my behaviors. So I think I stopped seeing him. But fast forward about five months and here's when I knew I needed help, like for sure, for sure, no question about it, like intense help. I had just gotten done with a binge and I was sobbing. I was the only one home. I felt so terrible about what I had done and my self-control around food was completely non-existent. I went to the basement and sat in the bathroom. I just stared at the toilet and then I got up and I looked in the mirror and I just remember screaming, like screaming, crying, just so upset at life or just, I don't even know what. I just wanted to get out of my head so bad. Needless to say, I unfortunately ended up making a bad decision and it turns out my sister Zoe had walked into the house while I was downstairs and she heard me. Um, now, because I know what it's like to be in recovery, I understand the severe extent to which this really would have been triggering for her. I think I mentioned this already at some point, but Zoe battled an eating disorder too just a couple years earlier, and so she was recovering at that time. Anyway, Zoe started knocking on the door and telling me to open up, and I remember I tried lying to her about what I was doing, but she's not stupid. So I came out of the bathroom, and 
I absolutely just broke down in her arms. Mostly, I just felt so bad that I, I put her in a situation like that, that she had to like witness it and experience it and hear it. Um, and that day, Zoe like pleaded with me to get help. And I said yes, because sometimes it takes a moment like that and someone to tell you, you know what, we're doing this thing for you to just lay it all down and get the help. And so we set up a meeting with my mom that night and we called the hospital to get me on the waiting list for inpatient eating disorder treatment, which is the highest level there is. And honestly, that day was such a breath of fresh air and hope in a way for me because I knew I was in way, way, way too deep and I couldn't get out by myself anymore. And not only that, but I I just didn't want to hurt my family anymore. And I especially knew that I was hurting Zoe. So to answer the question, kind of, I'd say there's not really a specific amount of time it took me to realize I needed treatment, at least on that level. But I think that most of the time, people who love and care about someone with an eating disorder are the ones who help that person realize they need help. They usually don't end up doing it alone. Um, I, I really couldn't have gotten to that place of just submitting to the fact that the help I needed was beyond me without such a good support system. So I'll just be forever grateful for, for my family. Let's see. The next question is, how do you find balance with still making healthy decisions but not restricting? Yeah, so I think my idea of healthy is different than how most people think of it. So when I say healthy, I don't mean, you know, six days of cardio a week and only lean proteins and only healthy fats and only one cheat day designated on the weekend or whatever other BS everyone likes to throw around about what healthiness is. Being healthy to me is honoring my body and what it's craving, whether that be foods or exercise. And in that simplicity, I trust my body to tell me what it needs. What I mean by this is that I think we're all just really trying way too hard to create this perfectly healthy lifestyle. There are hundreds and hundreds of diets out there to try that tell you to cut out lots of different kinds of food and you'll lose weight. But the reason why diets don't work is because you're not listening to what your body is trying to tell you. And it's craving all the nutrients in the foods you're not allowing yourself to eat. And chances are it feels like you're starting to think about those foods more and more during the day as a result. But the opposite is true too. I'm not saying you know, everyone go live off of Cheetos and pizza alone. I just don't think we should be restricting any foods. Consequently, we can make positive nutritional decisions for ourselves when we allow for that flexibility. So like, let's say you did just eat Cheetos and pizza all week. I'm sure your body would start craving fruits and veggies and that's your body doing its job. So same reasoning the other way. If you just eat chicken, white rice, and broccoli all week, you're probably really, really wanting some Cheetos and pizza by the weekend. So to me, it's all about eating all the foods throughout the week consistently, um, if that makes sense. And I think the first step is to quit thinking that there are good foods and bad foods. Every food has something different to offer. And you know what? I've had people come for me like after telling them these things saying cheetos are still bad for you whether you want to admit it or not 
And, and personally, I still disagree. And then I tell them, I'd rather eat the damn Cheetos and not live an extra year than be miserable my whole life. And if I just let myself have the Cheetos at lunch, then guess what? I'm not thinking about them all day and I'm not binging on them later. And that's pretty damn healthy to me. I'm content. I had my Cheetos and I'm doing what's best for me. Um, So really, the moral of the story is don't restrict foods because then you can listen to your body and you can trust it. Your body's going to trust you back if you just, if you give it the nutrients and the foods that it's asking you for and telling you it needs. It's just, it's like a win-win. People might tell you that it's not healthy to be eating Cheetos or Oreos for a snack, and I'm telling you, I think it is. Because food is food. It doesn't have to be as deep as we make it to be when it compromises our sanity. And I'm willing to bet you, you'll feel a whole lot better in lots of ways when you just let yourself eat a variety of foods. Um, And let's see, the last one, the last one is, how did you learn to manage fear foods? I love this question. It's so good. So for anyone that doesn't know, fear foods are basically just that, foods I'm scared of. So I avoided my fear foods a lot because of high calories, fat, sugar, sodium content, and and all the things. This is a big reason for why I actively try not to look at nutrition labels now. And usually if you have fear foods, you have safe foods. These would be foods that I run to for comfort and familiarity and because I associated them as a healthy or good food. Another thing I don't do anymore. So some examples of my fear foods would be ranch, cereal, pasta, yogurt, peanut butter, and pizza. And some examples of my safe foods were chicken breast, salads, low-cal dressings and vinaigrettes, oatmeal, popcorn. So you probably get the picture. Fear foods are the foods I binge ate because I never just let myself have them freely. So when it came to inpatient treatment, we did something called exposure therapy. This is a psychological treatment to help people confront their fears um, in hopes that eventually the anxiety about the situation goes away. So for me, the snack I had literally every single night before treatment was Valley Pop popcorn and melted peanut butter. You could even ask my like really close friends that and they would be able to tell you like what was the snack that Hope always had before she got help and and they would tell you. <laughs> but also this is so this is also a snack I binged on frequently. I remember in my first exposure therapy session I had to sit in a room with popcorn. I hadn't seen popcorn since I had been admitted and it definitely gave me anxiety because it's a food I can never control myself around anymore. Um, But the point was that I would sit with the popcorn and fight the anxiety or any binge urges and I would keep practicing that specific exposure therapy situation until my anxiety was totally manageable. Now, I was only at inpatient for, I think, for 10 days. And then I went to a partial hospitalization program, which was six hours a day. At the at the PHP program, they didn't practice exposure therapy. And I was terrified of there being any triggers or temptations around the house when I got out of inpatient. So my mom and dad met with my healthcare team and I before I was even discharged to make sure there weren't foods like Valley Pop popcorn around the house. 
Um, God bless my parents for that because that's so freaking awesome. Like that they they cleaned out the they just basically like de-triggered the kitchen for me, which is so cool. But yeah, this really set me up for success with managing fear foods. I was able to, you know, like set the boundaries needed right away to avoid potential urges or any bad relapses later on. And again, it helped so much to have my family's understanding and support. And now in my recovery, I can be around those foods. And I still really enjoy Valley Pop, but I also let myself have lots of other snacks. It's quite lovely. So that concludes the question segment, the question episode. If you guys ever have any other questions about my eating disorder treatment or just want to like talk to me about something you're going through or maybe you disagree with what I'm saying. Anything, I I'm open to it. I really am. I recognize that not everyone is going to agree with the things I say and they that's honestly that's okay and that's valid. I just I believe what I believe because of what I've been through and I will stick to that until the day I die because I really do feel that it can it applies to so many people and what they go through. Um, I, I have even followed multiple influencers who it's so crazy, but I I've seen them go through this time where they they severely restricted their food. They were probably participating in behaviors that weren't so great for them, and and they're at this place now. Like I've I've seen them come to terms with the calorie counting and like the the over excessive training at the gym. And it's so cool to see because they're all slowly like preaching that that didn't really work for them. They felt tired and they couldn't live their lives. And I just think that's like crazy because wow, like so many people go through these things and we don't even realize it. And and it might look picture perfect on social media, but but baby, it's not. So it's important to remember that. But yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I'm so glad I could have this conversation with you, answer some of your questions. I really hope I helped. Um, feel free to reach out to me and tell me what you think about my response. And I, I would really appreciate that too. So just be sure to follow us at Fresh Validation Podcast on Instagram. And you could email us at Fresh Validation Podcast on, I, th- I believe it's Gmail. I can never remember. <laughs> It's definitely Gmail. And then also we do have a Facebook, the Fresh Validation Podcast. So any of those you can follow. It gets very confusing to plug them all, but but do it so that you can listen to more content like this. Let us know what you want to hear, what's up. And that's all I got. So happy Monday. Enjoy the rest of your week, guys.